We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This episode 71 of the pod and uh, enough intro right there. We cut the intro right there. We got to dive into it. There's so much to talk about today, Matt. Uh, we got NFL football. We got NCAA football. Uh, across the board, it's just been a treat to have the game back on center stage. It seems like there's been games every night from Thursday to Monday already. There's nothing and, on uh, tonight. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what we're going to do tonight. Maybe get in the film room, watch some That's of last week's it. film. Get the all 22 a lot of poor quarterback play. Yeah, I need the end zone view. Do you guys the get the all twenty-two over there at CBS? Uh, we do not get the all. We okay. do not get I the all. I figured you might. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a news network. No, I figured the N- the NFL is still pretty stingy with their with their footage. Okay. So we uh, we find our ways to to share video and get the best stuff we can. But uh, we're dealing with with uh, the bare minimum as our most outlets. But uh, no pun we dig. We digress here. We could we could break down the Bears film uh, until the cows come home. A okay. tale of two before, paths. Before we do it, can I say one thing? Just one thing, then we'll dive right into it. Uh, I mean, we got, we got an hour podcast yeah. here, Matt. You so, could well, say well, more well, than one thing. Don't be – you know, you're already giving me this attitude. You're giving me attitude all Sunday it's night. It's bear attitude, and it's going to bleed I'm, over. So here's everything. what's going to happen. We got a half hour here with this, 20 minutes, half hour, and then we're on to Seattle. Okay. Oh, I'm, we have I'm already on. Okay, good. Seattle. I just want the only to reason we, we're talking about We talk about, about this, because, we break this down, yeah. and then afterwards, it's done. It's over. We're on to Seattle. We're on to Monday Night Football. Okay, let's go. Yeah, but but there's there's things to be learned from Sunday. Night. I agree. There's things, 100%. There are things that you can improve upon. Uh, there are things that you did well, but there are also things that uh, need to be cleaned up. So where do you want to start? Do we want to start with the good, the bad, or the ugly here, Matt? Uh, let's start with the good because I, that's okay. how the game started. The you game can't started ignore, very good. You can't ignore the immediate impact of Khalil Mack on the Bears defense. What he did uh, with the sack, the strip sack, the fumble, the fumble recovery, the interception, the touchdown, it was it was fantastic. And uh, I know they had him on a limited snap count, and you could tell he was gassed after we took that yeah. intercept- interception back. And you could tell he was gassed in the second half. So once we get this guy's motor back to where it needs to be, we're going to have a potential defensive MVP on the line. You saw the way it put strain on everyone on that football field on the opposing line. You saw the way it put strain on a quarterback to get the ball out of his hand a half second quicker. You saw how that affected cornerback play and how it was, it was easier on his corners. He is he's what exactly what you talk about when you talk about a game-changing talent. To see that four minutes into his tenure with the Bears was so refreshing. That first half was literally like when the the first podcast we had after the trade the first half he did everything we basically said he could bring to this defense in an ideal scenario yep. right but like you said he made the secondary better for me it's what stood out even more was how much better he made the rest of the defensive line too akeem mm-hmm. hicks he, we, akeem hicks i think saw one double team he ended up splitting it i think made a sack but he was getting pressure all night another guy stood out to me not a lot of people are talking about because akeem hicks had that big sack because mac played so well roy robertson harris it, it kind of Seems like he's jumped Jonathan Bullard for that, you know, last yeah. defensive line spot. And for a, a longer guy, not as bulky guy, he plays the interior defensive line really well. He gets off the ball well. He's able to get some extension, and he was to, to me very impressive. But again, he's another guy who's going to 
benefit from not getting this attention that you know Khalil Mack's getting and now Akeem Hicks and to an extent Leonard Floyd, who I was a little bit disappointed with. But I also thought uh, I think he was going up against David Bakhtiari. He was was holding the hell out of him quite a bit, and I think that was missed a lot because a lot of the focus was was on Mac. But that's not why the Bears lost the game. But for for me, that was a big standout. Was how basically everything we came to, for, we said would happen kind of came to fruition because of the Khalil Mack trade. He made everybody else on the defense that much better. He did, and uh, it's going to be really fun to watch a, a little bit of explosiveness on the defensive side of the ball because uh, there are solid defenders, there are good defensive units, but there's only so many explosive players out there, and he's he's one of them. And to have him in a Bears uniform, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. Unfortunately, it couldn't sustain four quarters, and that's what happens when you get a guy in the building eight days before kickoff, kickoff yeah. and uh, that's understandable. You have to be understanding of that, but Watching him get up to speed and and the rate with which he gets up to speed is going to be really important here because, like we said, there are games. These games matter. Like these, the, we need to win these football games and we need to expect four quarters out of Khalil Mack. You have my blessing on the first game, but let, let's do what we need to do between then and, and Seattle to get you ready to play four quarters. I, I'm only going to give him so much slack, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. in terms of getting up to speed. And I know it's going to take a few weeks to get into that football condition, but let's do it at an expedited rate. Uh, another guy who I'm kind of on that same page with now is Roquan Smith as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We Nick Kwiatkowski is a very solid situational inside See, linebacker. I think he's, I was he's gonna, a good third. I, I think in, you know, in the red zone when he's kind of playing the run a little bit more, doesn't have to worry about being in coverage as much. I like him a lot. He's a good third option there. But in the second half, you could tell that they started picking on him a little bit in his pass coverage, and he just looks a, a half he's step slow. slow out there. He's too slow and to he, play linebacker in the NFL. He's too slow to uh, start he was gonna be one of my, in the NFL. He was going to be opinion. one of my bads. He was going to be one of my bads, if not an ugly. Because I'm still okay with him in situational purposes. Uh, like, as I not said, third down, because I watched, I watched Nick Kwiatkowski oh, trail I'm trail every like play short yardage run stopping situations in certain red zone situations where the field kind of yeah. shortens up. I'm, I'm okay with them there, but that, that to me was a big standout is they need to get, and I think you will see him by Monday night. They need to get Roquan Smith on the field. I know the sack he had was largely in part of what Khalil Mack did with his pressure on the other side, but he came in his first play in the NFL immediately made an impact and finished off a play sacking. I forget if it was Kaiser Rogers at the time. I think it was Kaiser, but uh, you could tell his speed and kind of what he can do, his instinct out there, and his ability to rush the passer and blitz and get in between, get pressure from the from the interior, which is... Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski you know, looked like a practice squad talent. And I'm not saying that to be mean, but he had practice squad speed. Yeah, he had is what he, he had. He has everything else but the speed, but that that's a huge... Well, well huge, bless his heart, well, but oh, it, you it's not going to work. let me finish. That's what I'm saying. That's the <laughs> most, almost, arguably the most important thing you need out of that position when you're being asked to cover is you need to be able to keep up with running backs and he couldn't keep up with running backs. Yeah, so we, we strayed away from the good there pretty quickly because you said That's the okay. name Nick Quick. One thing I'm going to bring but up with the good as well. I was going to say, what were some of the other things you like? Um, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen I, I thought were both pretty darn good. Um, mm. I, I would have liked to see a few more touches to Tariq Cohen, but that, I think we're going to you know see that a little bit more. Coming down, I thought he was looked every bit as electric as he did last year, if not more so. Jordan Howard, for me, I don't think he had a drop, and I think he was targeted five times. 
Yeah, he made uh, a couple he, tough I think catches. He caught five little swing five. route outside of the backfield. And, and out, out of the they're, backfield. They're never going to ask him to, you know, be running, you know, deeper running back routes or split out Cohen like they're going to do from time to time. But every time he flipped out to the edge or caught the, or was throwing those swing routes, he caught it, turned up, you know, picked up five, six yards, yeah. whatever it was, and he ran the ball really well. I think he had eighty-two yards on fifteen carries, and part of that naturally, if the running back's running well, that means the offensive line is playing pretty well. And I was very happy with what we saw from them for the most part. Obviously, the Cody Whitehair snap is something that needs to get uh, get fixed. But for the most part, that's a pretty darn good Packers defensive line uh, and run-stopping defense. And for the most part, the Bears were able to run the ball when they wanted to. Uh, so that, that, to me, was an impressive stat. Or not stat, but whatever. A takeaway from the game, I would have liked to see them do it twice on third and one and then maybe even fourth and one late in the game, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to that. Uh, how, about, yes. how about yourself? Take another takeaway. Sunday, Sunday um, kind of a small one here, but Sunday reminded me of just how good Kyle Long is when he's healthy. Yep. Uh, you saw him five, five yards down the field getting to his second level block a couple times, like clearing out the first level, getting to the linebacker level, and hooking guys up seven yards down the field. He's so athletic at his size that if you can keep him healthy – He's he's fantastic. He, he's absolutely fantastic at that position, and to have the options behind him to get a little screen game working off of him, it really opens things up. I really liked some of the play calling surrounding Tariq Cohen. I liked the first half play calling surrounding Tariq Cohen, getting him moving, getting him different looks, finding the ball, finding different ways to get to him, but. I think situationally, because you have these tools, you have to understand when it's time for Tariq Cohen and when yeah. it's time for Jordan Howard. I feel like they got away from that a little bit. A little bit. Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard almost caught a couple too many passes for me. And I know a couple of them were check downs and it wasn't designed that way. Mm-hmm. But I think that you need to know when to ride your horse, let's say third down in the fourth quarter with 240 left on the clock. Um, and you need to know when it's time to get cute and yeah. swing swing your running back out or, or let him run a little wheel route. You know, third and one is not the time for a Tariq Cohen wheel route. So that's shifting to the bad here a little bit. Um, the play calling situationally, I did not like. If you want to look at those plays in a vacuum, I love the creativity. I love the creativity out of Matt Nagy. The situationally, there, and it, you can see how he's situationally going to it needs to be cleaned too. up. I, I, he needs to utilize that. My just my point being, he needs to utilize them in the proper context. Yeah, so I, I, I want I want to see that Tariq Cohen real wheel route, but I want to see it um, on the plus forty on second and six. Well, you know, yeah, I don't want to see it on third and one at the ten yard line when your field's already scrunched. You know, with who Matt Nagy is, he's you're always going to see some. He's never going to be the guy who on third and one every time he's going to run the ball and give. That's just that's who he is. That's and fine. I, that's I'm, fine. I'm with you that um, I I think we were texting a lot at the time. Third and one from the ten or whatever it is. You might have differed on what to do on fourth down, but my thinking is you, you turn around, you hand the ball off to Jordan Howard twice, and if you can't twice, get yeah. one yard on two carries, okay, you know what? That's fine. Come down and beat me then. I'll, I'll take And the more, the more I thought about it, the more your point did make sense there about going for it on fourth down, but I only like going on it for fourth, going on it on fourth down there if your play calling is different on third down. If that's your play call on third down, then I don't want you out there on fourth down. You know, I'm take s- the points, get off the field. I understand the, the guy who's going to get the ball with two minutes, two and a half minutes left on the clock, but um, I think your third down decision handcuffed you there a little bit because it wasn't third and one. That was third and almost a full two. Mm-hmm. The, the I guess I'm, I don't want to call it the bad, but I, I think the – I'm still very high on Mitch Trubisky. I, I, I think we saw some growth there in the first half. We have to be. We have the, to be. The second half wasn't 
great on his part. Uh, I, I, I'm not ready to call it as bad as some people are, are you know, here in Chicago or it, Bears fans are wanting to say it was because it wasn't. He still did step up and make some some important throws down the stretch. He did scramble. I think there he was had a, that there was a first half left throw was, into a small window where he just ripped one 15 yards on a little in route. Like it's he there. showed flashes that it's yes. there. He also like last night. We need to remember this is. I think last night was his. 13th career NFL start and I think I heard also I think that's his 26th like start in football since start high school since high school like let's yeah. that's going to would I have loved to see him you know when it was 23 or 2017 go down and lead a touchdown drive yeah would I have loved to see him down 24 23 lead a two-minute drive drill drive down against the Green Bay Packers on the road on Sunday night football on the first game of the year yeah I would have loved that but at the same time He's still really inexperienced. He's still really new at this. There's going to be some happy feet moments. Like, like we, we saw that Monday night. We also saw last year a couple times in similar situations where he stepped up, made huge plays, got his team down the field where he needed to. The, the, the Detroit game where whoever the hell was kicking for us at the time missed the, the game-tying field goal sticks out to mind. The Baltimore game in overtime, he took him down the field. They ended up winning the game. So there, there are those moments, but... This we need to give him this entire year. He's still really yeah, young and still really he's still a rookie. He in my eyes gr- he's still a rookie because it's a new offense. It's it's absolutely a, a growing. There's going to be growing pains. It's a process, and you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like you said, you have to give him a full season because if you don't, and this kid's got to deal with detractors in his own backyard, it's, it's never going to be work. an issue. That creates dissent. That creates issues and. You need to be patient with Trubisky here, and there were good things. I still feel like they got a regulator on him a little bit. There was a next-gen stat that I saw. He completed 23 passes. Of those 23 passes, only six of them traveled longer than five yards down the field Mm -hmm. in the air. So I think that once you start stretching the field, opening up the playbook – things get a little easier for him. So I think they need to take that regulator off him. And I understand it's a Matt Nagy offense where a lot of it is going to be short completions, go dink and dunk, yeah. get a little creative, and, and you know yards after catch is kind of the, the tail of the tape. And that's going to that's gonna be the story. But you got to let him take a couple shots downfield. Allen Robinson made that one high point great I'm catch. glad you brought that up because that, that's where after I was going that, with this next. After that, they, t- they target him, but just on a couple like backside go routes that mm-hmm. don't really have much – thought to them there weren't there wasn't any um there wasn't any rollout backside post there wasn't any creativity downfield it was just kind of targeting a a backside go I think that you need to stretch the field a little bit take the regulator off Mitch and and get Allen Robinson some looks downfield because he also showed the ability to go up there and get the ball in coverage yeah we we missed it on the good because we I I think I flipped us to the bad their hand up yeah we're kind of all over the place the good is bad the bad is good and we're both ugly so what are you going to do that's true uh Allen Robinson (laughs) was absolutely part of the good for me um he looked Mm -hmm. he looked healthy and that was you know coming off an ACL like that that's that's a huge concern uh, it was a huge concern for everybody, especially with the limited preseason reps and all that stuff. We didn't really get a good look at him. He looked healthy. He looked like the true number one receiver that we hoped we we got when we signed him. And for I mean, what's big with me in this offense is they have a bunch of these gadget type guys, these guys who are going to be, you know, catch and run type guys who can do a lot of different versatile things. But it's also really important to have that guy who, when you know, when the chips are down, when you need a play to be made, you can put it up to him. 
one on one in a contested, you know, contested coverage and go up and make a contested catch. And he mm-hmm. looks like that guy. That's what he's kind of made a career out of doing. That's why he had such a big 2015 season. And it was refreshing for me to see him healthy and look like the guy who's able to do that. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of utilizing. You know, you can you can have a bunch of healthy horses in the stable, but if you don't let them go run, they're they're good for shit. They're good yeah. for glue. And I, I I hope that Matt Nagy is. I mean, he's a rookie too at this. This is. I mean, he didn't even call all he plays all season last yeah. year. He's still growing. I, I hope that you know he's also learning from this as well. And players, players like, get my patience. Players get my patience. Coaches don't. That's fair. Coaches, coaches, you got to come in and be a coach. That's why we hired you. You know, you got to implement I'm, your offense, your defense, whatever your go-to is. I'm not and, trying to make. And you got to hit the ground running. I'm not trying to make excuses for him and say, you know, I'm not excusing him for some of the decisions. But he's new they at made. It. But I'm saying I hope that he learns from this because I, I do agree with you. Coaches should not have nearly the you know, uh, the long leash that we give players here to kind of prove themselves. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I, while he did screw up, while he did make some mistakes on the net, I hope that he, like he's going to tell his players, he learns from some of the miscues that he made, some of the things he might do a little bit differently. When you ask him to script the drive like he did with the first couple, man, was he really good. Those plays worked out perfectly. I, I think yeah. he absolutely, it, it was almost the first two drives looked like art. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the way they kind of utilized every weapon, every kind of scheme they had. Uh, but he's going to need to learn how to adjust in the heat of battle to calling those plays when they aren't as scripted, when you don't have you know, a week to sit down and say, I want to do this with the first drive, and you know, if we get into second and seven, these are our two options, stuff like that. So that's going to take a little bit of time. Hopefully it's a little bit quicker, though, and he uses this as kind of his experience, his learning experience to build on that. Um, shout out to Cody Parkey for being – God, Good. that was cool, right? We yeah, haven't like that. That doesn't. <laughs> I know. I know. You usually don't like get crazy. Over no, shout out play, Cody Parkey. Was with three shout for three. Out to Cody Parkey. Yeah. So uh, worth every penny. Having a serviceable kicker, I guess, is a positive. That's hey, a, that's a oh, positive. Pat O'Donnell, actually, in terms of punting, I thought was pretty Pat good o- too. Pat O'Donnell dropped a couple bombs out there, so um, that was also good. Anti uh, shout out. Kind of, can I anti shout out Dion Sims? Yes, you can. Holy hell! First off, that third and one, like. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I was a lineman. I didn't run routes. Joe, you run routes as as a receiver. You know, on third and one, when you're running a drag route, you need to cross the chains, right? You know, yeah, that, that's, right? that's a tough situation there it's because that, uh, you got to know he, where you are in the field. He went over backers and tried coming under the corner, which is never. You want to come under backers and then kind of get your depth, but that corner was sitting in in, in the flat, so. You almost got to settle down at two yards in front of that corner, which you got to feel it. You got to mm-hmm. understand it. But which um, he did, yeah. He he was not where you want to receive the ball with your back to the defense. Another um, one for it, me. There was like a, play. I think there was like a fifteen yard corner route that Mitch dropped in perfectly for him. One on one coverage and kind of hit him right in between. The, he tried to basket I think, it right in the numbers, and it just went right through the arms. It would have been. I think, I think we have a, down. Would have been a big. I think conversion. we have a very. Uh, we have a very Dwight Clark. Uh, not Dwight Clark. What was Clark's first name? Dwight Clark? Um, tight end when we had Greg Olson, our blocking tight end. Okay, gotcha. Clark, uh, Desmond Clark. Desmond, Desmond Clark. Yeah, there you go. Dwight Desmond Clark was the R.I.P. Guy, right? R.I.P. R.I.P. Dwight Clark. Yeah. Um, but Desmond Clark, we have a very Desmond Clark, uh, Greg Olson situation here um, where you're going to kind of be tipping off to the to the defense when you're passing, when you're running with what tight ends the game which is never good but no. you got one guy who can catch it and can't block and you got one guy who can block it and can't catch that, that's it. that's so, why the shaheen um, injury hurt a little bit and hopefully that's yeah. uh, not 
quite as long as, as they think it might be. I, I know he's on IR, but the IR you can come off at some point. So hopefully he's back yeah. you know, within a couple of weeks because he'll be a big part of that offense if or when they can get him back. Well, we've managed to go, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes here with uh, Talking Bears without mentioning the name Aaron Rodgers. No, and, uh, we were doing so good. We kind of have to here. Why? <laughs> Excuse me. It's, oh, goodness. It's still Even hurts. just thinking about Aaron Rodgers. I don't makes you want to throw up. With a clunt. Um, he's the best in the game right now. I, yeah. I don't care what you say no, about Drew Brees, Tom Brady. He's the biggest gamer there is in the NFL to come back from an apparent knee injury. We don't know the extent of it. We don't know what it is. We were talking before the pod. I saw him holding the back of the knee. If in a couple days they say it's a torn PCL, it won't surprise me because the situation there, would he would have gone into the locker room. They give him a quick MRI. They say your PCL's torn. If you can stand up, you're not going to hurt it any worse. But he did have side bracing on, and PCL's usually a That's front true. back thing. That was the so, thinnest uh, knee brace I think I've ever seen in my life. I think you it was just I think it was, was a, anything until they kind of yeah. I think he had like an old ace sleeve with kind of a metal band, and it okay. is all it looked like. But yeah. regardless of what the knee injury was, it was obviously substantial enough to warrant him being carted off, and then. Uh, coming back out and doing what he did was fantastic. And uh, I know he's in our division. I know the Packers are supposed to be the rival, our enemy. They are the rival and our enemy. But I love watching Aaron Rodgers play football and doing the things he does, just not against us. Don't don't get me wrong. I absolutely hate Aaron Rodgers. Um, I I really do. Some people say they respect him and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I respect him. I hate him. But I'm fully okay with admitting that when he's at his best, there is – no one more talented than Aaron Rodgers at kind of what he does. And yeah. some of those throws, like I, I know some people were mad at, at Kyle Fuller. Um, obviously the interception was one he should have had 10 times out of 10, but some people were also on him for the uh, Geronimo Allison touchdown to make it 2010. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you could be on mad at him about that. He stuck with him <sighs> right away. He was in his back pocket. He got his hand. Get your head around. Get your head around. See, I, I saw what I was so impressed by yesterday night with the LA Rams was how their cornerbacks got their heads around. And it's rare in the NFL now because guys are so worried about being in position and being right under that wide receiver's chin that you're always a half second getting your head around. We watched Sam Darnold rip a throw over a defensive back's head. We watched uh, Kirk Cousins rip a throw over a couple defensive back's heads. These DBs and linebackers struggle to get their heads around. That's the best thing you can do as a defender. Read your wide receiver's eyes and turn around. Have your eyes on the football too. That's what Kyle Fuller did wrong in that situation. Was he in position? Yes. But Aaron Rodgers ripped one right over the top of his head. Fair enough. I, just, I, I wouldn't be ripping him as much as some people I've heard rip. I, I thought for the most I part, was very, I, I'm with you on getting his if head we're gonna, If I'm going to give you another bad, cornerback play was bad. Now, and I, I know, I, here, here's and one thing. what scares me the most, we know, we know Kyle Fuller has the ability to play corner and has the ability to play it at a high level. We saw flashes of it last year. So, you know, get it figured out, do your thing. I think Prince of Mukamura might be done. So I think he, I think he might the be one done thing I wanted playing to bring NFL up about football. That, I, so I, he was awful. Uh, but like, like early on, he was fairly solid with the entire defense because they didn't really give up much. There was one point, I, f- I forget where it was. I want to say it was either late second quarter, maybe early third, where he left the field for a little while. He was banged up. I'm not sure with what. You got a stinger. You know, I, it, I so think it was neck. What I'm hoping, and I I hope that he came back too early was banged up and was affected by something because if he wasn't 
that way. Devontae Adams is a good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. I know that's who he was matched up with most of the night. He should Devontae have been the Adams, Devontae in the Adams open is field. not that good of a it, it, like, I was watching it uh, with with you know a buddy, and both of us played football for for most of our lives. And you know, I never played defense in my life, but I know when you're at, in that position that you are, and you're the cornerback, you just don't give up the outside. And it's not like Devontae Adams caught the ball in a bubble and just you know tried to beat him to the corner. He stood there for a good three seconds. So you know when you're Prince of Mukamara, if you're standing there for a little while, you have linebackers, you have D line, you have, you have everybody flowing from the inside. From the inside. You dare him to go inside. You dare him to go inside. And then when he cuts up inside and dedicates that way, okay, go after him. But you, you don't bite on the inside move. Yeah. That's what he – I've never played defense in my life, Joe, and I know that. Yeah. Like, and you, it was, you can't uh, give up that contain. Yeah, it was it was a dismal performance, especially in the second half from the cornerbacks. And Eddie Jackson was terribly out of position on the game winner. Eddie Jackson came too far downfield, got lost downfield, uh, Randall Cobb got three steps inside of him, and that's all she wrote. You, yeah. you were supposed to be deeper than the deepest. I like Eddie Jackson still, and I, I that was he was out of position there. Boneheaded I think mistake. Exactly. That's kind of the nature of the beast, I think, especially early on in Eddie Jackson's career you're going to see with him, is he is such an aggressive kind of ball-hawking type safety that we're going to see him make big mistakes and kind of be out of position early on. And I think it's just something like that that you hope he learns from. And hope he can kind of figure out when to take his shots, when to you know pick his battles, take his shots when he you know sees fit, and when to just kind of lay back and be a little more conservative and live to fight another down. So hopefully, as a younger safety, you see that. I actually thought on the other side, at least in in stopping the run, coming up playing the run, Adrian Amos had a fine night for me. Uh, he came up, was very active, making some tackles, and I was I was pretty cool with with how he played. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that again we write another gut wrenching chapter to the Bears Packers rivalry. This one was it, ju- this one was not different. The most gut wrenching. Yeah, this was because it was a new even it was even a new in level. years even in years past, Joe, when the Bears, I know it's been few and far between. We've ever beat them with Rodgers, but even years past when we have beat them or when you know we've been close and then kind of had that gut wrenching loss, it's always felt and looked like the Bears kind of caught a few breaks and then were holding on for dear life. We've never dominated. We, like we've we never the dominated half. them like that. Yeah. We've never looked like we belong on the same field with the team that you know. At least if for a while now, probably it's not since the NFC Championship game. We've never really looked like a team that belongs on the same field with a you know. Some say the NFC favorite, one of the favorites in the NFC. So that for me was was new. This didn't look like a team who just kind of came out of nowhere, was playing out of their minds and catching some breaks. This looked like a team who knew what they were doing. And quite honestly, I'm not going to say got too tired, but got a little bit ahead of themselves at halftime. I was, I was listening yeah. to uh, Trey Burton was on with Cap this morning, and one of his questions, you know, when you guys went in the locker room at half, was it, you know, you guys were, were all feeling really good? Was it all business-like? Like, kind of how was that atmosphere? And Trey Burton said something along the lines of, you know, we were all pretty excited. We were all pretty pumped up. And I think to an extent, you can be that way. But at the same time, I think they're going to learn from this that first halves are great. We can celebrate it for a couple minutes, but we need to get in there. We need to figure out what their adjustments they're going to try to make. We need to make ours. We need to take a business-like approach to that second half. We can't come out feeling all that good about ourselves. We need to come out like we did the first half, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. It's a young team uh, that's still learning how to win. They need to learn how to win. Well, I think the operative term there is learn. And I would love to have a camera outside of uh, Hallis Hall today because Tuesday is your designated off day. But the good teams don't take off days. The Patriots are in the building today. Mm-hmm. I want to see who's in the building today. I want to see who's working towards Seattle. 
it better be the vast majority of guys Mm -hmm. because you have to respond from a gut-wrenching loss like yesterday. You showed, or like Sunday, you showed flashes that you can be a good team, that you can maybe be a playoff team this year, and not to knee-jerk, we'll get to the knee-jerk reactions, but you showed um, on-field talent, which is which is a threshold that we didn't reach with the Bears these last two years. There, there was a deficit of talent. Now there's talent out there. What are you going to do with the talent? Especially, what are you going to do with the talent coming off of a collapse, the way you collapsed on Sunday night in primetime? Prime you have another primetime opportunity on Monday against the Seahawks. How are you going to respond? I think yeah. that's really telling and really important about this Bears team. It's a team, too, that you know, they should beat, in all honesty. I think they are a better team that they should beat, but also one that is absolutely good enough to come in here, and if you're still feeling sorry about yourself in the first half, is going to come in and beat you. So it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to see how they respond, and I think that'll tell you a lot about what we're going to see the rest of the way. But uh, well, from, from what we saw last or, excuse me, again, Sunday night, th- there's no reason in my mind that this team shouldn't have a, a pretty solid season and I'm not going to say make the playoffs, be a team that, like we said, we hope they could kind of be a, a team but that's flirting with it. But at least be on the graphic. Yeah, be on the graphic when they're showing with it. In the hunt. At least week, week 11, when Fox is showing me Dallas versus the Giants on their America's Game of the Week for the 100th time in the last 10 years, let me see that the Bears are, you know, 7 and 5 in the hunt. They're the number two or three team in the hunt for yeah. the NFC wildcard spot. And with the talent that they have, uh, there's no reason they shouldn't be. No, so, I 100% um, agree. Matt, I mentioned knee jerks. What we're going to do now, we're going to do a little NFL whip around. I know you probably took in all the action, as did I. I, I actually got the notification. I didn't know Comcast TV or cable boxes did this. I got a notification at 5 o'clock saying, are you still watching? Because yeah, I just yeah, had no. Red Zone on. I, did, I knew Netflix did that. And I didn't know Comcast did that. But yeah, I got that one. Comcast five worried about you. They don't want you developing bed sores. But nope, uh, that's a risk we take on yeah. NFL Sundays. Nope. Someone's so let's whip it around it. the league. Let's whip it around the league, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the matchup. You give me your knee jerk reaction sure. in five let words, six words, a here. sentence or less. Sure. So uh, I'm looking at the NFL scoreboard right now. We're gonna take it right off the top from Thursday's opener. Uh, with the Falcons and the Eagles. What was your knee-jerk on Falcons-Eagles? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's a terrible play caller in the red zone. Okay, That, that, that was knee, mine. Julio Jones there, is really good, but they were... Go ahead. My knee-jerk there was uh, play calling, Matt Ryan, not great. So, um, but on the same page there, pretty different much. Thing. A, little bit, a little bit on the same page. Wasn't really blown away by the Eagles. No, Are they going to be good I. and contend again? Yes, the defense was strong, but... Uh, Atlanta had every opportunity to win that football game. I think for for me, I was watching it at work, but so they the Falcons went down right away. They had first and goal from inside the ten. Julio Jones gets them there. He's the reason they got down to first and goal. I think he had three receptions on that first drive, and then they end up running four plays, and Julio Jones isn't on the field for one of them. So yeah. okay, and then the next drive they do the same thing. They get down there. Julio Jones, big part of the drive, getting them down there. And he's on the field for like two of them and targeted once. So in seven plays from first and goal, you know, and seven goal to go plays, he was on the field for two of them and targeted once. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense to me. But okay. no bueno. We're going knee jerk. That was too long. Knee jerk reaction. We're getting to Sunday here. Steelers Browns, a 21 21 tie. Uh, my knee jerk here, Browns aren't that bad. Mine is Miles Garrett is really good. Yeah. That's, okay. that's good. Good, good. Great tie. Good great tie. Uh, great tie. Hey, uh, Hugh Jackson now 
one thirty-one and one as the uh, coach. God, of the that's Cleveland so Browns. perfect. So that's disgusting. Um, all right, knee-jerk reaction: Bengals versus Colts, thirty-four twenty-three. Bengals winner. The new Bengals all-white uniforms, the new look to them. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I love that knee-jerk takeaway. Um, my knee-jerk takeaway: uh, Andrew Luck back? Question mark. Yeah. Still a question. It wasn't a question. Yeah, but good yeah. things. You know, Better, turnovers weren't on him. It wasn't bad. Yeah, well, he so, lost his. Bad. He got his head turned around and was fine. Um, so there's that. Uh, Knee jerk reaction: Titans Dolphins in the longest game in NFL history. Dolphins prevail twenty seven twenty. When did Kenny Stills get really really good? Okay, I like that. Um, Ryan Tannehill not an NFL quarterback. Okay. That's my knee jerk there. All right. Uh, Say the same about reaction. Marcus Mariota. Knee jerk reaction 49ers, Vikings. The Vikings prevailed 24 16. Let's hold off on the coronation of Jimmy G. Um, Not that he's bad, but let's hold off okay. on the. He's the. I watched every reason. snap. I watched every snap of that game. Two of them were not on him. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying. I'm, all I was saying was I, I still think he's a good quarterback. I, I just. I, yeah. I think, like, hold on. Like Mitch, like, he's hasn't started let's give him some time before we call him tom brady that's all i'm saying completely completely agree my uh my knee-jerk takeaway uh missed opportunities for the niners vikings left the door open very beatable the one this isn't going to be not knee-jerk but i I, I gotta bring it up the touchdown throw is, is not as okay as jimmy g was i'll say the touchdown throw where he kind of spun out through across his uh, Dante body. Pettis. Dante, yeah. I was going to say Austin Pettis. Dante Pettis, was, that was a wow-type throw. You don't see many of those yeah. in the NFL. That was a wow-type throw. Go on. That was good stuff. Uh, knee-jerk reaction. Patriots, Texans, 27-20 Patriots. Very similar to what I just said about the last game. Let's hold mm-hmm. off on the coronation of Deshaun Watson. Okay. Uh, my knee-jerk in this um, also situation – uh, yeah, I was going to say double coverage, still throw it to Gronk. Yeah. Um, Gronk was fantastic, seven receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but the Texans are a very good football team, too. Yeah. That defense kept them in the game, and they managed to make it a one-score game. Um, but uh, two good football teams there. Uh, knee-jerk reaction, Buccaneers Saints. This was probably the shocker of the day. Buccaneers win 48-40. to the Saints are back, and not in like the Saints that were last, like last year's Saints, like uh-huh. the, the Saints that were capable of throwing up forty points and losing every week, because that's like for the last three years before this one was basically who they were. Got it. My knee jerk takeaway: hashtag Fitz Magic. I was going to uh, say that, but I figured there. you were going with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was fantastic, and the only thing better than his play was his reaction. So uh, shout out to, to Fitzpatrick there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Need your takeaway: Giants versus Jaguars. The Jaguars prevail twenty to fifteen. Saquon good. Jaguars defense very good. Okay, I like that. Um, my knee jerk takeaway is actually not of the game; it's of this this moment right here. Uh, his name's Saquon. That's my that I need to. Because oh, I agree with what you said. Quick knee jerk, another knee jerk. Jaguars new uniforms, fantastic. The the went back to kind of the older look with the all black helmet. Love it. All black helmet, a little less detailing on the jersey. Good stuff. Very Doug Marone um, and Tom Coughlin esque. I think that the Giants are going to lose a lot of five point games this year. I think they're just going to lose a lot of games in general. But yes. Bills Ravens takeaway Ravens twenty seven <laughs> Bills three. This might be the game that I saw the least of. I'm looking at this score and I was like, I don't really remember. I think I just Ravens gave you my forty seven points. I think I just gave you my reaction. Okay, 
How is Nathan? Pe- how is Nathan Peterman still yeah. given a chance to be a quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, so, that's all I got. Uh, was not good. Was not good. No. Um, all right. Need your takeaway. Chiefs Chargers thirty eight twenty eight. Mind you, need your takeaway, and I'm going first because wide receiver play uh, keeps me warm at mm-hmm. night. Uh, Tyree Kill in space. Oh boy. Uh, and we I, knew th- we knew this, but we knew uh, this. With a, new we toy, were, with a new Ferrari in the backfield too. Um, we were reaffirmed. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, my my knee jerk. Um, Patrick Mahomes looked really good. Uh, yeah, he's he's very aggressive. He's going to go deep and skip the check down quite a bit, which might get him in a little bit of trouble. But the talent is clearly there. Yeah, and I think he's got. The perfect, uh, the perfect alchemy of uh, of targets to throw to too. You have the game breaker who doesn't really run great routes. Thank you. Um, you have the game breaker who doesn't really run great routes. The ex- fantastically talented tight end who he didn't target enough um, on Sunday. I, I would have liked to see Travis Kelsey target a few more times. Uh, you have a secondary wide receiver in Sammy Watkins who could still get the job done. I think it's a really dangerous attack that the Chiefs have. Yeah, just, Sammy Watkins. Just don't be the Chiefs. Like don't Sammy don't Watkins being in an offense where he doesn't it. have to be the focal point. Yeah, he's going to be pretty dangerous. Yeah. All right. Uh, Need your reaction. Seahawks Broncos. A Broncos twenty seven twenty four winner. Honestly, not much. I didn't, like there wasn't a ton that stood out. To, just kind of there. It happened. It Von Miller is Von Miller is the Broncos' best offensive weapon. Sure, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is pretty good. I'm looking here. Emmanuel Sanders is good. Von Miller is going to get you the ball back at least like one and a half times a game. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, he did the same thing as Khalil Mack and strip sack takeaway baby to running back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right, Redskins Cardinals takeaway. Redskins twenty four, Cardinals six. Larry Fitzgerald deserves a lot better. Just trade him to yeah. somebody. Yeah. My uh, knee jerk is Jay Gruden is the better coach. I love Jay Gruden. I'm yeah. a big Jay Gruden uh, guy. I'm, I'm with you there. Knee jerk takeaway, Cowboys, Panthers, Panthers 16, Cowboys 8. Neither team is good. Yeah, I was going to say 500 football. Just 500 if, if, football. If that, like, neither team was anything really impressive at all. The Cowboys okay. were terrible and the Panthers barely beat them. Uh, Zeke, Zeke is back there. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke is back. Okay, need your takeaway, Bears 23, Packers 24. Need your takeaway. We're on to Seattle. Need your, we're on to on Seattle. Seattle. On to Seattle. Need your takeaway, Jets, Lions. Jets 48, Lions 17. Um, wow. I, th- I think Matt, it's kind Matt of – Patricia can't coach. I'm speechless. Like apparently that I didn't re- realize this. I didn't see any, but there's a couple articles about there about how Matt Patricia is already kind of losing the, the lo- some of the veterans in the locker room. With how he yeah. ran camp, so that's interesting. Um, well, that, uh, that's the perfect mixture of new coach and a locker room that thinks they've always known better, true. even when they had a veteran coach. How can um, how come Matthew Stafford gets away with these ga- these types of games that he had last night more than any other quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, like because these don't happen seem, a lot. Like the, people don't, don't seem to get on his back for four he's, interceptions. He's talented. He throws a lot of touchdowns. He throws for a lot of yards. Don't get me wrong, but he has these games quite a bit, and he never might be his gets boyish criti- smile. It might be, be but he smile. never he never gets criticized for these like he should like uh, like Jay always did. I'm going to go there and say it. He never gets criticized like Cutler used yeah. to, and he throws. He has. Sorry that that's it. I just I don't I don't okay. I don't like how he continually gets off the hook for these awful turnovers. There's a heavy knee jerk there. My knee jerk uh, here is Sammy D hashtag risk taker, and I love it. 
I think he's going to be a perfect. <laughs> I think he's going to be a perfect Jets quarterback because there's going to be fantastic moments, and there are going to be moments where that game the was, world hates him. That game was like a microcosm of kind of what he is. The first, he just comes out right away, rolls out right, throws across his body, throws across the field, <laughs> bounces back. Though it's like honestly, it's yeah. like it never happens. Like okay, whatever, we're just going to move on. He threw enough picks like that at USC and bounced back from it, so he's kind of used to it at this point. Our final uh, knee-jerk reaction, Rams-Raiders. Rams 33, Raiders 13. I feel very confident about my NFL MVP pick. Yeah. Todd Gurley's really good. Yes, he is. Todd Gurley's really good. Uh, I'm going to go knee-jerk on the other side of the ball. Uh, Derek Carr will not make it to Vegas. Derek Carr I think, actually bad. I think, I think Derek Carr is one of the more overrated talents in the league. I think that... He's a guy who has every quarterback intangible on the field, off the field. His decision making is poor. And yeah, there was one, one there was one I think there was one last night one. where he it wasn't kinda, him. The, oh, the no, lollipop yeah, no, the lollipop to the outside. It out to the left. If you know? if you look at that play, his running back um, runs like a, a little square in route. Um, back to like the linebacker level. Okay, I think he, he was thinking. Was, was I think he flat? was supposed to flare out. So okay. Even even if the running back runs the flat, there's there's a battle for the ball in the air. Yeah, the you can't lollipop that, that out to the running yeah. back. You got to put it on him. But uh, I, I think Derek Carr needs to show Raider Nation, show John Gruden that he's I the answer he for the future. Because like you said, he's got all the intangibles, and I do seem to like him. And he had that one really good year. It hasn't really been the same since he got hurt. I hope he can figure it out because I'm rooting for that guy, but I'm with you. Last night was not good. Yeah. Uh, as a starter, Derek Carr is 28-35. Um, Yikes. So a lot to be done there. Um, and uh, that's it for knee-jerk reactions NFL-wise. Uh, I think that'll be coming Seattle. to you just about every week. We're on to Seattle. We're on to week two. That's a segment right there. It just happened. Um, Matt, let's hit some college football real quick before we get into some other topics here. Uh, Notre Dame struggles with Ball State. Uh, the marquee matchup between Clemson and A and M did not disappoint. Uh, what was what was your big college takeaway this weekend? Uh, Kirk Herbstreet said it at some point throughout the broadcast that Clemson A and M game. He, I think, it was coming down to the wires. You know, A M might not win this game. But they should absolutely jump up in the rankings, and they're they're kind of proving themselves. A and M really proved themselves. Jimbo Fisher to me really proved himself as an elite coach. Not that we ever, I mean, he had great runs at Florida State, but he also had great talent there. A and M has some talent, but they don't have what he had at Florida State. He just had Clemson on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they got a ton of talent. I can't remember the name of that one wide receiver, but he was the the one with the, the dreads. The I, I forgot his name. I'm, blanking on it but he had a fantastic night Kellen Mond looked like a completely different quarterback from who he was last year Jimbo's going to have those guys up and ready to go fairly soon and Clemson is really good so many things could have happened in that game where they would have been rattled any other team would have been shook and kind of let things go by the wayside they seem to bounce back every time make a big play come back and show why they are you know on par on that same Alabama type level yeah, Clemson running a little uh, little two-quarterback two set, too, and it doesn't have to be the end of the world how it does in Bama. Um, they're, they're just kind of making it work, yeah. doing, doing what they do. They got and, two uh, really Hunter, talented guys. Hunter Renfro is approaching Charlie Villanueva status where it's like he's still there. He's like he's 40. Still, he's, st- he's 36 playing wide receiver, and I I could have swore he, he was is. a redshirt senior when he caught that ball in the national championship game to win under exactly exactly he's just an old soul uh 
undersized white receiver. It's uh, it's got Patriots written all over it. Hunter Renfro still producing at a high level for Clemson. So that was that was good stuff. But uh, yeah, didn't didn't love to see the Irish struggle at Ball State. But that's your typical early season Notre Dame being like a nail biter that they don't need to be. I thought the defense uh, loved, looked but good again. They, they they've settled come down. Out, they've come out on the wrong side of those games before. So yeah. happy that they came out on the right side of it. I was not at all impressed with Brandon Wimbush. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looked to me, and don't uh, it, it's a completely different game from Michigan. I, I saw the Michigan game, and he made some you know, questionable throws in that, but for the most part, he played a really solid game and looked like a good quarterback. Ball State was completely different, and I, I don't know if it's because maybe the coaching staff had a game plan where they just said, hey, you know what, we can win this without having you run the read option. We can win this without mm-hmm. having quarterback design runs. Hell, this might be a game where we can try and – get you to get some experience you know throwing from the pocket and being a pocket passer because yeah. till they really needed to they didn't really run him at all and he stayed in the pocket and tried to make throws quite a bit um he didn't he had chances to step up maybe go run pick up seven eight yards first down whatever and he stayed in trying to make throws so if they're going to run that type of offense ever like I, th- I think this game showed you he's not that kind of guy if, if that's ever the point they get to ian book has to be your guy i'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's what it was but if Brandon Wimbush plays like that, if he makes some back foot throws like he tends to a lot, you know, it seems like when he tries to get accurate, he tries to place him in there, kind of flicks it off his back foot. This team is a playoff team, but Brandon Wimbush did not look like a playoff quarterback, and that worries me. I, I really hope he doesn't lose them a game down the stretch because the rest of the group is there. Yeah. Um, elsewhere across the NCAA, uh, it's looking like it's going to be an SEC year a little bit. Auburn looks Georgia's really strong. Good. Georgia's really, really good. They uh, took down a ranked opponent in South Carolina this South week. South Carolina was uh, the hot pick, it, it seemed like, throughout 41-17, yeah. just Jake Fromm, going to be going to be hear that name for the next decade. I really mm-hmm. think we do. Uh, Bama played Arkansas State. A big matchup for Bama this week, but uh, I think two is the guy there. Um, I, I think the Big Ten needs to get some things figured out. Ohio State rolls over Rutgers. That was to be accepted or expected. Excuse me. Wisconsin rolls over uh, New Mexico. They all beat uh, their cupcake opponents for the like Penn State. I guess I wouldn't call Pitt a cupcake opponent. They're also not you know a powerhouse by any means. But it was mm-hmm. a power five opponent. They absolutely wiped. The Michigan floor, State but. losing to Arizona State's a bad look. It, That's, it, it's was, a bad look for. And I, I thought Michigan State was overrated coming into the season, but I thought you'd be able to take care of an unranked Arizona State team. But Arizona State still has that new coach luster. I, I was worried whether Herm was going to get the buy-in there. I thought that, you know, Herm's so cheesy in a day and age where cheesiness uh, to 19, 20, 21-year-olds is, is like a death sentence. I thought that he was going to have a lot of uh, a lot of trouble relating with his guys. He's like the anti-Tom Herman, but they, they seem to have bought into Herman. It's, and, it's uh, early still, but you're right. They it. do. They seem like they're, they're, they're buying in and they're believing in what this guy's selling. And, he does. I know he was the, the the controversial hire, and people were saying he only got hired because you know his agent was the AD and or his ex agent was the AD, something like that. But he does have experience with these kids. He, I know it's limited, but like he ran and coached those Under Armour All Star teams every year for uh, however many years it seemed like five six years. So he's worked with you know the guys coming into high school, and he does he did learn how to deal with those guys, how to kind of be around with them and probably what works and what doesn't. So I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I hope that works out because I do like Herm Edwards, and I think that's a cool hire. That's a cool spot for him to be. Yeah. Uh, 
what else? What else do we have college football wise? I think uh, we can't. It, it's too early to start much. talking Heisman. No, it's too early to start talking Heisman hopefuls. Uh, SC at uh, Stanford was an interesting game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much of that you got to watch. I don't know if you had to work Saturday night or whatever. Uh, Stanford's offense looks okay. Uh, USC, mm-hmm. I, I'm not still don't really know what to expect out of their defense, but Stanford, I think, I think won like 17 to three. Um, I kind of expected more out of their offense. Their defense did look really good, but at the same time, you know, USC is trotting out a freshman quarterback and an inexperienced offense, so we'll kind of keep seeing what they are. But I, I was impressed with Stanford, not blown away, but I was also kind of disappointed with USC. It seemed like this year people were getting higher up on them, thinking this might be a year they take a jump, but uh, th- they kind of seem like the same USC that's going to be a middling top 25 towards the back end that, that maybe sneaks their way into a, a Pac-12 championship, but that's about it. Couple big matchups this week coming up: Alabama against an unranked Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss can uh, can Ole Miss stay can in score. that one for a little bit. Yeah, I think they uh, put up got over a hundred points in their two games. Ohio State TCU uh, four versus fifteen in that one, and uh, should be another fun weekend of college football, Matthew. But we have uh, a lot more to uh, talk about before we jump to anything else. Should we're uh, we're two and zero last week. Say, should we lock some- it up? Let's log it up. Let's jump into some locks of the week. I'm currently two and zero on the season. You're one and two, three and four overall for the listening public. I'm one four uh, two, not one and two. You're one one four two, correct? Yeah, correct. So we're three of four total. Yeah. Uh, I'm two and zero. We're, we're seventy. We, you know, as a group though, we're seventy five percent. So that's, that's true. Hall of Fame numbers. That's never Hall of Fame numbers. Done. That's never really done. Matt, what do you like uh, for our for our friends in the desert this now, week? Now, I'm a little bit worried about this because I have no idea why the line is this low. I, I don't know much about NC State, but we I, I've been very vocal about my my West Virginia love on the pod so mm-hmm. far this year. Love that offense. They're giving four at NC State, uh, so I'm going to stray from my just take Alabama every week mantra, and I'm going to take West Virginia given four at NC State. I love that offense, Joe. So you're uh, you're going with the Hilltoppers again? Mountaineers. Mountaineers, you're right. Same thing. Why do I keep going everything to Tennessee? And Tennessee's well, they, well, not the Hilltoppers even there. Hilltoppers are <laughs> Rocky Western, Top. They're Western Kentucky, so like West Virginia, Glenbard West. Kentucky, Glenbard West. Yeah, there's a lot of West. Glenbard West. <laughs> Something like that. All right, my lock of the week, I'm going back to the NFL. Didn't really love any of the college lines. Uh, I like Philly laying three against uh, – I just have Philly Tampa, minus three. Who are they playing? Philly laying three at Tampa. I thought Philly um, looked good enough to convince me that they're going to get better every week. That defense looks really strong. Uh, Chris Long playing fantastic. And I think uh, that number is also affected by a little bit of inflated Tampa feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, They played great, put up 48 last week. Fitzpatrick could also come out and throw four interceptions. 100%. So I think think that's a a bit of an inflated uh, ego there for Tampa Bay. And I think that three is a... is a few points uh, shy of where it should be. I like the Eagles laying three in so, Tampa. So we got you. You got that's Eagles still Raymond line. James. Raymond James. I think Stadium. that's still Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. yeah so you Raymond you got James. the Eagles laying three. I got West Virginia laying four. Both of us taking the the road favorite. Road dogs. A couple little road dogs. Well, not road dogs, not but road, road dogs, favorites. Road favorite. But they're, Bef- they're road warriors. One last thing before we get out of, off college football. This will be quick. And I, I believe you favorited my tweet about this on Saturday. But Colorado and Nebraska really just needs to go back to being an every year thing. That for it that does. was one of the, the fun, most fun rivalries for me growing up. I think it was always played. The, 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 I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. Um, that mm-hmm. needs to be just every year. Those two teams need to be scheduled. It needs to be like Notre Dame USC. 
they just they, they need to play every year. Th- those teams are so fun. They are. I mean, for me, they're natural rivals, and I know for Scott Frost, probably too. Uh, yeah, he so, kinda, he so appropriate that the, the thick, rivalry, thick of that yeah. rivalry, they need to do whatever they can to get each other on the schedule every year because th- those two teams are a lot of fun. I think they both have you know two coaches that are going to be there for a while that have them in the right spot, and we we need to get the Buffs and the the Skurs playing each other every year. Yeah, and not to go too deep dive here on the Huskers, but uh, they got a quarterback. And oh, they do. Hopefully, hopefully Adrian Martinez's knee is all right because I know he got twisted up, and that that video is actually being submitted to both of the conferences. Apparently, it was a dirty play on a sideline. A Colorado player, they said they got an angle where he you can see intent, and he's wrenching a knee. So, uh, no word yet on if Adrian Martinez is going to be ready to go this week, but uh, he showed some signs of an amazing pass, uh, an amazing arm, and, and the ability to run the football. His first touchdown mm-hmm. uh, as as the Husker quarterback, a forty one yard scamper on a read. He was down fourteen nothing too, so like that, that yeah. was an important touchdown. He, a couple crazy throws against his body. He just seemed un unfazed by the situation, and uh, they got a good one there in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Lincoln. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Totally so, with you. Uh, Adrian Martinez uh, Heisman watch twenty twenty. <laughs> let's just let's just say it right now. <laughs> you know what? If you, I'll be in on it with you. Let's do it. Let's start the yeah. campaign. Um, all righty. Well, let's uh, let's jump ahead here, Matt. Uh, why don't you hit the music? I got a little grievance. Okay. Nothing big. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, Matt, uh, my grievance is with uh, NFL football fans here a little bit. I just want to tell everyone to pump the brakes, especially if you got a new toy in the garage. Whether your new toy be a new quarterback, whether your new toy be a new coach, uh, new things take a long time to settle in. New things take a long time to take traction. Uh, coaches, new coaches, new head coaches were 0-7 in, in week one in the NFL. And uh, while... That's not to be expected to go 0-7, a clean sweep against new coaches. It's not surprising. There are coaches, teams, offenses, defenses that are well-established in this league already, and they already have a leg up on you. When you're doing something new, it's going to take time. And football fans, college, pro, and otherwise, don't give people enough time. We need to give Mitch Trubisky some time. We need to give our head coach some time. Uh, Elsewhere around the league... Fans need to give their coaches some time. It's it's gonna it's gonna take a little while to take traction, and I just uh, I, I often find myself uh, a little bit ticked off at the and I know we just did a segment on it, but the knee jerk reaction of football fans. Well, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I know that especially here. Uh, I know you're not really listening to it, but you, you tune into sports radio. I think I even told you, like you know, people are calling for Chase Daniels already, and just let, let's pump the brakes. It's one game. Through I, I some, uh, if you're a Lions fan, okay, I get it. They lost forty-eight seventeen to the Jets or whatever it was. But for the most part, pump the brakes. It's it's one week, and there, there's a lot of season left to go. Yep, and uh, I think that uh, I think that with time, these these teams, these people, these players will show their true faces, and then you get to judge them. Yes, yeah. that's the beauty of being a football fan. Yeah, uh, Matt, should we jump into some segments here? I love segments. All right, let's do a little buy or sell. 
Uh, you want to start us off? I'm gonna start. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's almost a congratulatory buy or sell because this was your prediction. It was a. It's probably the safe prediction, but it won no less. Mm-hmm. Um, buy or sell Tony Finau as the last captain's pick for the American Ryder Cup team. Well, like you said, I, I predicted it, and it, it, with that said, I'm going to buy it full on. Oh, wow. Uh, That's I, I a really, shock. I, I really like the pick, and I think that Tony's going to bring a lot to the team. Uh, guys like him, he's going to be good for the, the group chemistry there. He's got, uh, he's got the distance off the tees, and I think that with captain's picks, you need a good mixture of guys who have been there and done it, and guys who are playing fantastic golf right mm-hmm. now. I think that Tony Finau falls into that second group. I think that he's playing really – he's, he's I, top ten. He's top ten Tony. They call, him the, that, they call like, him the ATM because he's always in the top ten. Did I see – I think it's in the FedEx Cup. He hasn't had a round over 70. I think he's been in the 60s every round he's shot would in not the FedEx Cup. Me. I think – yeah, that might be wrong, but I, I could have swore I saw a tweet or heard that on the Golf Channel or something like that. And that if – He's playing fantastic golf. His name's always in the top 10, top 15. Yeah. You want the hot hand, and uh, Tony's – there's few hotter than him right now. So <laughs> you you, you and I was, – it was interesting because before they made that, they announced that it was the, the three captains, so the first three, which were Phil, Tiger, and DeChambeau, which we knew was going to happen. And then they mm-hmm. also announced, you know, like um, I believe, like assistant ca- – or alternate captains, whatever, coming along. And we talked about how you could see a guy like Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson – uh, being selected to the team out of you know experience being there before, I believe both of those guys are coming along on the trips as you know alternate captains to Jim Furyk. So it, it, they did figure out a way to get those guys in there, but also kind of get the, the players in there, but also bring in some new blood into Shambo and Fino. Yeah, America. I think uh, I think the I think they have a good group. I think the U.S. Um, We're coming for the French. I, uh, yeah, I think this might be a good chance to get that get that road win that they've been looking for for uh, got to be a road warrior years now. Road got to be a road warrior. Matt, buy or sell? Got to get a little baseball on the show here. Buy or sell? The Cubs are now more likely to end up in the wild card rather than divisional champions. I'm still going to sell it. Um, okay. I still think they're the better team. I still don't think Milwaukee has the pitching. Um, these next two games are huge, but I don't think uh, I know Milwaukee won last night three to two. Uh, held on. I think they took that 3-2 lead in the sixth and held on the rest of the way. That bullpen looks really good, but I, I don't think that starting pitching's there. I still believe in the Cubs' offense, their bats. Uh, when they get to the playoffs, if Brandon Morrow's not healthy, I don't think they are uh, a, a team that's going to win a World Series just because that bullpen, everybody's kind of out of their role. C.J. Edwards doesn't seem to be firing all cylinders at all. He seems like he's kind of lost on the mound. But as far as winning the division, I still think you have to have him as your favorite until proven otherwise. I like it. Hit me. Uh, what was my last one? I forgot. Buy or sell something. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, uh, okay. I've always considered myself a consumer. And oh, was it uh, Serena, of- Serena Williams, right? No, that was mine. that's my next one. I thought that was mine. Oh, oh Michael no. Kopech. I know how you're going to answer this, Joe. Oh, yeah. Uh, buy or sell. The Sox rebuild is on hold. Bye. It's absolutely on hold. Your marquee pitcher, your future ace, One of. Uh, your future ace is going to be cut open. Um, do, do we know when that's scheduled for? Uh, so I know he was getting uh, a second opinion, I believe, either late last week or early this week, but it was pretty much all but confirmed. I mean, he's pretty certain it's going to happen. So in the next month, the future of your <laughs> franchise is going to have his arm cut open. One and, of the uh, I understand. Uh, I understand that this is uh, this is now par for the course with a lot of pitchers, especially guys with intense deliveries like uh, 
like Kopech, but uh, this is this is a long road back now, and I don't think we see full go Kopech until 2022, and um, we should absolutely. It, it, it's so. Do you think it's going to take him two full seasons to recover from Tommy John? It's going to take you one year to not touch a baseball field. No, well, and yeah. Then, so he'll be, he'll miss 2019. He'll be back in 2020. So you're telling me throughout 2020 and 2021, it's he's, he's going to take him two okay, years. Okay, 2021. 2021. I don't think any pitcher is back to 100% when they come back. That's I fair. think you need a full season I under just, your belt I needed before to get you can feel comfortable. I'm not going to put it in a, in a, on holds the right word. I think it might be delayed a bit, um, but I, I'm still high on a lot of the pieces they have coming up. I know it sucks that you know Michael Kopech's going to have to go through this, and he's got a long road back. But as has been shown with several examples before throughout the majors, especially at a young age, it's not a death sentence anymore. And I still think I still love the talent they have coming up throughout. I say I say that it's pushed back because every good rebuild uh, at the tail end of a rebuild, right before you start contending, you have one or two big free agency signings. That signing is no doubt been pushed back. Like, we're, not in the, we're not in the position to make that big-name free agency splash or the big-time trade that says, hey, we're all in, we're ready to go win a championship. That's I been still pushed think, back multiple years. I still think uh, when it comes time this offseason, Rickon will be – he will insert himself in the Manny Machado sweepstakes. Whether he wins that is a completely different – Pause. Uh, <laughs> you told me to Pause. No, 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 no. That was, I was, oh, was I, thought, I, thought, of I you. thought you had to go to the bathroom or something. No, no, no. If you re listen um, to that audio there, you'll, you'll get it. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's going to insert himself into the, the running for that. I don't think, I'm not necessarily certain he's going to win it. I don't think he's going to win it. But I still think Rick Hahn's going to go out and be aggressive and see if there's a 25 year old, you know, third baseman, shortstop, whatever it is he wants to play that he thinks can be on this team for eight years. I don't think he's going to hesitate to go out and pay him. All right. Well, we shall see. Matt, buy or sell the, the referee's ruling at the U.S. Open against Serena Williams, docking her a full game after giving her her third warning. You know, I, it's it's really tough to assess kind of everything that happened. I think Serena overreacted. I think the ref overreacted. I kind of think both were in the wrong here. I know it's tough mm-hmm. to have, you know, as she claimed her integrity, you know, come after to say she was cheating but at the same time you know that's something you i think need to bury deep down until after the match and say you know what i didn't do that i disagree with your call but i'm going to go play tennis and i i think at some point you have to let that go while you're playing the match and then you can figure it out afterwards you can figure it out you know talking to uh, atp i think it is whatever officials Mm -hmm. you can talk to that official you can talk to whoever you want but the official overreacted, but at the same time, you can't treat an official that way. And I know people have gotten away with it in the past. But that doesn't make it right, um, yeah. in my opinion. So, I, do I think she should have been docked a full game? I th- was it was a full game, right? By the end, yeah. Um, no, absolutely not. Three 100%. warnings. Three warnings is a game penalty. If you get a warning, so. that's off. That's that's not good. And I know that you know you think he's coming after your character at, at the time. Maybe he is, but you you've got to put that behind you and worry about that after the match and take care of business you can't flip out the way she did and i'm again i'm not excusing people in the past who have done it and gotten away with it. i'm not saying john McEnroe was right when he used to flip out and go crazy on officials because that's not right either you shouldn't be able to do that and get away with it but serena someone who's been there before done that i i think lost sight a little bit and just kind of needs to get back into the match play tennis we'll figure it out afterwards 
Yeah, I, I agree with you in a sense. I think that uh, Serena was very unsportsmanlike, but that doesn't change the fact that a different uh, standard was held to her, that that there wasn't consistency in the way that things were enforced. Mm-hmm. I guess this game penalty has not been assessed for years and years and years in a Grand Slam final or even in a Grand Slam. So if there are other ways to circumvent a player who is incensed as a referee, you have to go that route. That referee let his ego get into it. And just the 100% optics agree of with it, that. The optics of it don't look good. It's a man in a position of authority sitting in a chair looking down at an African-American woman who is arguing a call and using his position of power uh, almost as a position of condescension. And mm-hmm. that's, where the, that's where the political social issue is that, th- that this has become. And I think that it is an issue and that – um, I think that the ruling did come down differently because she is a female, and that's not right. Uh, I think that tennis and the referees need to look at this as a broadened issue and say, hey, we're either going to enforce these penalties and you're going to see a lot more of them, or we need to change the rule or address everyone equally, uh, male, female, or otherwise. I think that um, I think that there were a number of people, as you said, in the wrong here. And very unfortunate that a 20-year-old star in Naomi Osaka is overshadowed in this moment because penalty or not, she was going on to win that match. Yeah. And uh, just unfortunate that you know she had to cry and stand there and apologize for beating her hero. Mm-hmm. It, it was um, it was just just it was an unfortunate uh, egos, situation all around. Egos egos got injected into the situation and uh, it, it ended up costing. Uh, a future star, perhaps um, her moment, her moment in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So very yeah. unfortunate. Well said. Yeah. Uh, anything else for the people here before we shut them down, Matthew? No, I think we, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have football back, Joe. It is. I'm not going to lie. Nothing. I loved all the podcasts in between the, you know, the Super Bowl and, you know, the, 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 the football preview shows, but damn it. It's good to have football back to talk about you with. I missed it. We're back, baby. How did We're we survive back. like those five months? I really don't get it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember anything I said. I blacked out. <laughs> blacked <laughs> out for five months. All right. We'll hit the music matter. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. All right. On this, uh, on this somber uh, days, 17 years removed from, uh, from an absolute tragedy, thousands of lives lost, um, in, in New York City, uh, in our nation's capital. It was um, a day that obviously we'll never forget in, in 9-11 and um, the lives that were lost. And just, I know we're a sports podcast here, and uh, this was a moment in history that in so many ways transcended sport, transcended life. But um, the the web that was interweaved with sports and the way that it brought us back and the way that it united us and, and, and the moments that we remember with uh with our president, George W. Bush, uh, taking the bump at Yankee Stadium. Um, I know there's some fantastic video from Nebraska and in the tunnel walk. They sent out uh, some police officers and firefighters. And just these moments that united us uh, through a great tragedy. And that's what I always remember on this day is how united we were in the months and years that that, um, that followed such a great tragedy. And uh just the hope and the wish that we could find that same unity uh, without tragedy sometime here in the near future as a nation. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of my, my thoughts on it and my feelings today. You know, you and I didn't talk about the, what we were going to say before this at all. Uh, we just kind of mentioned, you know, we should, we should say something about it. 
um, and, and you kind of stole the words right from me there. It's it, I was 17 years ago today, I, we became such a united country through tragedy. And it, it seems that now we, we are as divided as ever. And I, I think for the most part, uh, obviously there's going to be an exception of, of a few people here and there that aren't great people or more out for themselves. But for the most part, I think everybody's on the same page and wanting America to be united, to, to want the best for this country. And it's important that we realize that at times that we're not kind of going against each other, that we are you know, all united, we are all one country, and that for the most part, we do want what's best for each other. And um, it's unfortunate that it took tragedy to bring that you know, to light 17 years ago, and hopefully it doesn't take that again for us to realize that, you know, as a country, I think we need to band together now more than ever because it seems like we're as divided as we've been. But you know, you, uh, on today, every every September 11th for the last however many years, you know, I'm always kind of waking up, scrolling through Twitter and, and watching Facebook and, and kind of seeing all the, the videos that people, um, you know, share or post on this day remembering mm-hmm. however many years ago. And I watched one today that really stuck out with me. Um, and I, I had never seen it before. ESPN released it. It was, uh, it was about eight, eight and a half minutes about the first baseball game the, the Mets played afterwards. It was a Mets-Braves game. And I think the caption was, you know, Mike Piazza hit 20, 427 home runs in his Hall of Fame career. But there was only one that he mentioned in his speech. And then I, I kind of watched that video. Um, and I would say if, if you're a sports fan and if, if you, like Joe said, remember how sports kind of brought everyone together after that, after that moment, um, I go back and give that one a watch. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's still 17 years later. You remember exactly where you were and still for the most part, kind of speechless on how to, how to feel about it and how to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully, you know, this is something that, um, that in history, obviously we'll never forget, but, uh, we don't have to experience again. Not experience again, but hopefully it can shed some perspective, some light on uh, our current problems uh, in our country today and um, just uh, that we can band together and, and solve things as one because, as we said, unfortunate that sometimes we feel closest to those we don't know in, in times of tragedy because, you know, you're looking for anything to hold on to. So we're thinking of all those that were affected on that day 17 years ago and uh, keeping them in our prayers. But um, sorry to end the pod on a, uh, on a somber note here. It was a fun one runes and uh, appreciate you giving us all your reactions, your knee jerks on the NFL and uh, plenty more NFL NCAA talk coming down the pipe here. We're, we're merely a week into the season. And it feels good. Feels good to be back. As you said, 10, on a positive joe we're on to seattle (laughs) we're on to seattle Seattle. thanks for listening to the moose and roots podcast this episode 71 as always click all the buttons twitter uh google play everywhere that podcast exists find us like it subscribe review it we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next week for episode 72